Um, if you look in your bulletin, you have a flyer like this. It's got a picture of a baby. And it's, you know, last week, like I said, was Right to Life Sunday. And normally when we think about that, we're thinking about the unborn kid who's in the mother's womb who has no chance to make a choice. I, I want to live. I want to breathe. I would do something if I could to help myself out. But this, this flyer is a little bit different because it talks about the other end of the spectrum. It talks about the, uh, the elderly people who, who have who've been productive their whole life, and then they're at the point where some people look at them like a burden of society. And it says, first of all, it says each day in the United States, 2,904 babies are killed uh, before they're even being born. You know, that's the ones that are, hey, this is an abortion taking place, but there's also like the morning after pill, which whenever I hear that the, the numbers are going down, I feel like it doesn't really matter because the morning after pill takes care of things before people even know. But it also talks about the elderly who are also suffering. There's countries that have legalized euthanasia, which is they, they kill people because they are sick or because they're old or they're some kind of burden to society. And God cares about them just as much as he cares about healthy me, just as much as he cares about some little baby inside a mom that doesn't even know that the baby's there yet. God cares about each person just the same. It says in Belgium, 32% of euthanasia cases did not even have consent. And the elderly who were killed weren't even told that this is what's coming. You know, so it's just really popular around our world right now is if a life is inconvenient, we're going to take it. And we're just going to keep making room for more people because there's always babies being born. There's always more people. And so I just want to uh, just talk again through Psalms 139 and just talk about the importance of life. God cares about each one of us. And we, we, we're going to see here again that because God cares, he created us in the first place. Now, uh, we're going to go through things just a little bit out of order. I'm going to start with verses 13 through 16 and then go back to 1. And I did that because what comes first? Not the chicken or the egg, it's the baby, right? you, you got to be in the mother's womb before you're actually walking on this earth and experience how, how God knows you. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, we, we in, in the modern world, we have very special technology. You know, uh, there's 3D, there's like ultrasounds, 3D and 4D. Back then, what you got, whatever came out is what you got. I mean, if it was a boy or it was a girl, you just, it was a surprise moment. Well, my, my mom, um, I'm 38, so I'm saying about uh, 38 and a half years ago, my mom had an ultrasound. And it was a very fuzzy one, thankfully. It was very fuzzy. And uh, the doctor told her she's going to have one big girl. And so they're getting all ready to have a big girl because that's what the ultrasound is telling them. Well, when it comes time for this big girl to be born, very strong heartbeat, uh, the doctor says, wait, well, wait, wait a second, here's a boy. Don't. And then it's like, wait a second, there's another one in here. And so the, I came out the normal way. My mother, they did an emergency C-section to get my brother out. That's the kind of where it was back then. Well, now today they have something called 3D and 4D ultrasounds. And if you want to see something pretty amazing, you look, you look that up. Because a 3D 
it gives you a pretty good picture, but a 4D almost t t shows you exactly what your kid's gonna look like because they, they just have cameras in there, it just seems like, in order to take this picture. But God, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if, if you know the baby's coming or what, what it looks like. God created each person unique and special. He constructed, he formed, he uh, created in the mother's womb. It wasn't, uh, it was something that he had planned and he thought out. It wasn't like, you know, sometimes you, you get a new recipe or you get a new idea because you, you accidentally do something. Like there was the guys who created Play-Doh, you know, all you guys that like Play-Doh. That was invented to clean uh, wallpaper. And now look what it is. Yeah, I'm kind of interesting. It was by accident, we're gonna keep trying this and this until we finally get something. Uh, it wasn't by trial and error, like when the light bulb was invented, the very first time that was invented, it didn't work. It was like, okay, this didn't work, we're gonna try this, we're gonna keep tweaking things till finally we have a light bulb. And it wasn't out of curiosity, like all the potato chips that are being made. You go to the store and it's like, we have cappuccino potato chips. We have a hamburger potato chips, you know? And it, God didn't create you like that. He didn't say, let's just see what we can come up with. He had a purpose and a mind in, in how he did this. He says, we were formed, we were knitted together. You know, when you, uh, I don't knit, I don't sew, anything like that. But I know when you're going to create something, it takes a lot of focus it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort and diligence and perseverance in order for that quilt or that blanket or shirt, whatever you're making, for it to turn out. You gotta spend a lot of time. You can't just throw yarn at something and expect a picture or, or some kind of something to come out of it. So God, he's, this is how it is, he's weaving. He's, he's putting people together. Now we take that for granted because there's billions of people on this earth and there's been babies come and babies I mean, all day, every day, you just have the same thing over and over and over. And so it's, it's no big deal. But it's, it's something that God spends time on each single person. Whether, whether it's going to be somebody who's going to be whole, or whether it's going to be somebody who's going to be born missing an arm, he, he spends time making every person just the way that they're supposed to be. Um, it's just, it's not, I mean, the world sees it's just nature taking this course. We know how babies are, are formed, and... That's just the natural uh, effect. I stuck a, you know, a coin in the slot. This is what came out. It's, just, it's like a conveyor belt. That's what the world sees. But God says, no, I spent time on making you like this, giving you these desires, giving you brown hair, and giving you blue eyes, and making you this tall. This is what I wanted, and this is how I formed you. And it says, God made us, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, animals, they weren't fearfully and wonderfully made. There's a difference between humans and the animals. And we love animals. We got, I got this little Jack Russell Terrier. I woke up last night and he's on my bed, which he's no-no. I love this animal. He's a lot of fun. But he doesn't recognize God's there. He has no idea that God created him. God didn't create this dog to have a relationship with him. But he created us so that we would know that there is something out there. God is there. And we can have a relationship with him. And that we can be in awe, even just looking at your own body, whether you say this is not what I hope for or this, I, I can't do what I want to do. You can look and, and you study things out with, the, with even like a, a little, uh, the genetic code and how interwoven that is and how amazing that is. A dog or a cat or your horse, they can't know those kinds of things. But God created us and now we have the technology to see just even one little cell, how amazing that is. And that's how, that's how God created us. And it says, 
when we were formed in the secret place. You know, we know that's the womb. It says in the depths of the earth. If you could get to the depths of the earth, nobody's going to get there. I mean, you, you, one person gets there, maybe they can kind of see what it's like and they can take pictures. But if you could get there, that kind of secret is the kind of secret that that womb is. What is really going on? You can see babies being formed. I mean, you can get online and, and say, this is 22 days after a baby's born. This is when they get their heartbeat. Or this is when we hear their heartbeat. This is when they get their little eyelids. This is when they get their fingers and their fingerprints. But we really, we have no idea what it's like in that womb. And that means every kid, every adult, everybody who's ever lived is very special. Very important. Because God says, I'm going to knit you together and I'm going to put it in a very sacred and safe place. He says, all our days, all our days were written down before they ever happened. Now, I've, I did a little math and I'm at somewhere around 14,000 days old. Now, that's like 38 years and a couple of months. And so that's great. I've lived a long time. I don't know if I have five more days left. I don't know if I have 14,000 more days left. But God knows. Before I was even born, he has it all figured out. He has it written down. Now, in today's world, they make cars. And they say, well, I expect this car to last a certain amount of time or this washing machine. Uh, the Saturn that I used to have that my brother has, um, I took it. I bought it brand new. And it had a clutch, obviously. I mean, for a manual. And after like 40,000 miles, they told me, you need a new clutch. This thing is going out. Well, I'm not kidding, but we're at 170,000 miles, and we still have the same clutch. Because man does not know. I just said, I'll just, I know how to drive a little bit without a clutch, or I can get there when I really need it. I'm not going to waste that money. But God says, you have 50, I don't know, probably not 50,000 days. That might be too many. You have 4,000 days. You have 28,000 days. You have, you know, 36,000 days. But God knows before you were even born, this is how long of life you're going to have. So when you get to the point where you say, God, why didn't you give me that guy's voice? I mean, that's the one thing in the world I would want is that guy's voice. Why didn't you make me this fast? Why can't I, why can't I calculate things? Why can't I remember things? Remember, God created you the way he wanted you because God loves you. And when somebody's really, really smart or someone's really athletic or they're really fast or they, they just, they're really strong, they can do, they just seem like they can hold and balance everything. Great. Praise the Lord because God made them that way. But God didn't make you that way, and that's okay. He made you the way he wanted you to be. Now, it is easy to compare ourselves to other people. You know, my twin brother that we split being a big girl, you know, uh, my whole life I had someone to compare with. And I always came out on the short end of the stick. I wasn't as fast as he was. I, I couldn't learn as fast as him. I wasn't as good a speaker as him. I, everything except for size. And when you're comparing and you come out on top because of size, that's lame. <laughs> That's it. I, I don't have any control over this. So I know it's easy. But God says, you know, Josh, when I knit you together, I knew he was going to be better at you than this. And I knew you were going to be taller than him. But I made you just the way I wanted you to be. So stop comparing yourself with him or, or somebody else or the, the kid on the other team on the basketball court. It doesn't matter. I made you the way I wanted you to be. In verse 14, he says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's your job. Thank you, God that I'm like this. Now I wish I was like something else. That, I think that's probably insulting to God. He made you the way you are, so be happy with that. So like I told the kids, he doesn't just uh, put you on this earth and say, wow, I'm just going to watch and see what happens and see how they, how they get through the situation. He wants to know everything about you. You know, when he searches you, 
Uh, it says, oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know, that's if you guys, if you've ever searched for gold, like pan for gold, or you've ever had uh, a lost kid, if you've ever had a lost wallet or a watch or something, anything in your life that you're like, I got to have this thing. I got to know where this is at. That's how God searches. You know, like if, you're, if you ever get put in, on trial and you have a lawyer trying to fi- solve a case, he's, he's trying every nook and cranny. Where's the answers to this? And that's what Jesus does. or That's what God does. He wants to know every little thing about you, which to me sounds kind of funny because, like I said, God is omniscient. God already knows all that. He could just say, I know, it's, I know Josh is like this. I know what he's going to say. And then go off and go fishing or do something else because he's not going to forget that. But he cares about me enough that he's going to just, he's going to still pay attention. He's still going to know, he's still going to go over again. This is why Josh is like this. This is what Josh is going to say. And he, he gives off a lot of examples. When we sit and when we rise, what, he knows our thoughts. He's familiar with all our ways. When we get up in the morning and we take a shower and we have breakfast and we kiss someone goodbye. And we go off to work and we're sitting at our desk or on a tractor. Whatever we're doing God is familiar. He, he knows. But he doesn't just say, I'm familiar because you've done this every day. I mean, because I could get familiar with, hey, I know TC always sits back there. I'm familiar with that. This is, he's intimately, he has intimate knowledge of me, of TC, more than just, I mean, it's like when you're married, my wife knows things about me that I am sorry, I'm not going to tell anybody else. Because there's, there's this relationship that we have. And that's how God knows you he has this intimate relation that he knows everything about you that even that other people don't do that they don't know because he cares about you he wants to know everything about you and i know that maybe that kind of sounds like that's not like real deep josh but it's true because even as adults it's real easy to say like i said i don't measure up and it's real easy to forget that god cares enough when it, when things are going wrong in my life that God does care enough to know every little part about me. I mean I have to be reminded of that too. We keep, we sing the song Jesus loves me. I need to be reminded that Jesus loves me. So he knows everything about me. He also is everywhere I'm going to go. Verses 7 through 12 tell us this. He says, "Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence?" If I go to the heavens, you are there. You're looking up at this, the clouds at night. God's there. If you make your bed in the depths, you are there. And it even talks about in the grave or in, in Sheol. Like they, the writer was talking about when, when you die, you know, the dead body, the soul goes somewhere. And wherever that is, God's there too. Not the six feet underground and God's just hanging out there in the dirt with the dead guy. It's looking, wherever that soul goes, God is there. And even in hell, there's a presence of God there because God doesn't just say, okay, you do this, uh, you, you, be, you be punished, and then I'm just going to go ignore all that and be focused on heaven and everything that's happy. God's there also. So anywhere, good, bad, or ugly, that you could possibly go, alive or dead, God is there. Not because God's stalking you, like because he wants to just zap you every time you do something wrong, but because he cares about you. He cares about me, and I... I try to get all emotional and excited about feeling that because it's like I don't see God. I just have to believe that. But the Bible telling, is telling me that God cares enough about me that he's hanging out with me everywhere I go. If I, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I sit on the, 
far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. God will still guide me the same as I'm here in Plevna as if I just all of a sudden got an airplane and went to China. God's there and he's going to direct my path. He has a purpose and a plan. I can't ever get away and, and be like, oh no, I just left God. He's got to catch up to me. He's, he's always there. And he does that because he cares about you. God cares about you so much that he even thinks about you. Now, I don't understand that. Verse 17 and 18, it says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I'm awake, I'm still with you. God created me. God knows everything about me, and God is everywhere with me. I, I just don't see the interest there. I'm like, don't you get tired of me? I mean, I would get tired of myself. <laughs> with being that in intimately involved in my life. And how does God do that for Sharon? The same time as for Connie? The same time as for Todd as for me? I don't know. But God is able to focus on each person in their life, wherever they're at, whatever stage, if they're at the basketball game, if they're at work, whatever you're thinking right now, like this guy, he, he knows. So even, those, even people smiling in the back, God knows what they're thinking. If you're sitting there, I can't hardly stand this. God knows what you're thinking, and it's great because he loves you. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's working out a plan for your life. You know, if he, if he wasn't thinking about me, he wouldn't be directing my path. He'd be like, okay, well, I think this is going to go work out. Now I've got to deal with somebody else. But he's directing each step of my life that he wants me to go because he, he's thinking about me. And I don't understand that. I feel like I could just sit here for, for days and days and think about how does God think about me? Why would he care? I mean, I'm, I am nothing special. You know, I get up here and I try to say a few of God's words. I, I try to raise my kids. You know, I, I try to sing songs in church. I try to be a good dad and a good mom. But I'm just human. And anything that I can actually do, I only can do because God gave me that ability to do it. And that's the same with all of us, but he cares way more than that, that he, that he would even want to think about us besides. And so what should we do, like with the kids? What should we do? God loves me, or he, um, he cares enough so he created me. He cares enough that he, he, uh, he knows everything about me. He cares enough that he's everywhere I go and that he thinks about me. Well, what should I do? Well, there's a couple of things we should do. In verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I should be careful. I mean, I, not because God's going to zap me because he's everywhere, but because God loves me so much, I don't want to hurt him. I, I, I shouldn't want to do anything or say anything or think anything that's going to make God unhappy. And the writer, who they assume is David, says, Search me, test me, see if there's anything wrong in my life. Let me know what it is. And we can pray the same thing to God because sometimes we go along in life and we don't realize we're doing something wrong. I don't realize that I have this attitude towards this person. I don't realize that I haven't forgiven this person. You know, it just, it affects the way I treat them, but I didn't realize I hadn't forgiven them. I don't realize that I have not been putting God first in my life, that I have been making other priorities more important. Say, hey God, it's a new day. Could you just show me, what am I doing that does not make you happy? God loves you so much that he gave you life. 
But there's, he loves you so much, but he didn't just give you eternal life. He wants everybody to have eternal life. But you don't get that just because you were born. I told you there's a difference between me and my dog, that there's this option of having salvation in Jesus, that, that I can have this relationship. But I don't have that just because I'm a human. I got to ask God to forgive me for my sins, and I got to trust him as my savior in order to have that. So because you're human, great. You're a step up from the antelope and the deer and your cat. That's great. You can have something special. But you need to trust Jesus Christ as your savior if you haven't done that. And that's, that's why he created you. He created you because he wanted a relationship with you. He wasn't just bored and wanting some entertainment. He wants to know you intimately, and he wants you to have a relationship with him. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, the easiest thing possible to do is say, hey, God, I'm a sinner. And everybody up around here, you can just raise your hand and say, hey, guys, am I a sinner? And we'll all say, yes, you are. Sorry, you're just like the rest of us. But because we sin, we can't get to heaven. And we say, Jesus, please forgive me that I've done wrong. And I ask you, God, to forgive me and be my Savior so I can have eternal life. And if you need to do that, I, I pray that you do. And if you want to come talk to me, like you have any questions about this, or if you want to say, hey, I'm kind of scared about talking to Jesus, I'm, I would love to talk to you about it. So I'm, just, I'm in the back like usual. We can go uh, to a classroom for five minutes, or we, we can pray right there. But God's there. If you want to just sit in your chair and pray and ask God to save you to, from the punishment that you, deserve, that you deserve for your sin, he's always ready. He's always willing. That's why he created you, to have that relationship with you. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for your salvation. God, I thank you even just that you created me. Because I look and I see that there are billions of people on this earth. And without me, it doesn't seem like it would even matter that much. But God, you love me that much that you gave me the, the abilities that I have. You gave me, you made me with brown eyes and to be just about six feet tall and uh, God, I just praise you for making me. I thank you for making everybody here. And I, God, I know there's a lot of life that's going to come. And I praise you for those lives too. But I know you didn't just create us to watch us. God, you created us because you wanted to have a relationship with us. So I just pray that anybody here who does not know you as their Savior, that they would trust you as their Savior. And if there's anybody here who needs to make their life right with you, that needs to say, God, search me and try me. Show me where I'm screwing up so that I'm not doing the wrong thing. I just pray that you would show them, God, gently where they need to do, make things right with you. And I just thank you, God, for the salvation that you have given to, to, as an offer to each one of us. And I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.